0: Welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 1, and... Woo! I I know! Season 3! I know. I know. We're we're back. (laughs) Which is like the first of many announcements I have for this week because, wow... Season three. I just want to thank everyone who's been with us since the beginning. And hello to any new listeners. We might have picked up over the hiatus. We are so, so glad you're here. Uh, This podcast can get a little crazy from time
1: to time. (laughs) If you you stuck around with us, we really appreciate it because Mary and I know how we are. Yes. We know we can be a lot.
0: (laughs) We can, but we have fun. We have fun. Uh, So the 25th anniversary of Buffy happened while we were on hiatus. Yes. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel really fucking old right now. (laughs)
1: Oh, look, I've talked about how old I feel. So (laughs) I turned 40 in the middle of recording.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. If you haven't, make sure to go ahead and check out our social media channels uh, where we have posted a bit about the anniversary and the part Buffy has played in our lives for the past Mm -hmm. 25 years. We also got two new media announcements Mm -hmm. over the past month or so: a comic and a new novel. Yep. So the comic is a one-shot that will feature the actors learning vampires are real.
1: That is going to be that's that's. I'm
0: so so excited for that. They're calling it the Buffy Show. Okay. And I'm just I'm yes. So like Sarah, Alice, and Nikki as themselves fighting the forces of darkness. That
1: is delightful.
0: And I am, I can't even contain my excitement oh. about the new novel oh. that's coming yeah. out. It's called Big Bad, and it will feature <sighs> an alt-universe Buffy oh. fighting Anya and her Suicide squad Yes, team of baddies featuring Spike, Drew, Angelus, Jonathan, Andrew, and a magic user named Ripper. Ooh. I- and it's it's in 1999 yeah so just cool but we gotta wait for September for that one so we
1: got yeah yeah I know like I I'm very much behind on the comics and the novels and and the new novels and stuff but that one is going to be in my hands the minute it comes out yes that
0: one day of going to get it yes uh and then just looking things up for this episode it turned out I was wrong Uh, They did make script books into season three. Oh. But I'm guessing they made them in smaller quantities because these are very hard to find. Yeah. Like I can find people who have seasons one and two finding seasons three is a bit harder and obviously i did not buy those when they were first out so i'm gonna try to hunt them down this week and see if i can find copies that aren't like 60 bucks
1: i will i'll also use my my special google powers to yes
0: so that we can have them for the rest of this season um so yeah but yeah that's that's my like many many quick fast paced announcements so much has happened
1: i know I know it's, it's, it's been a lot and I can't believe we're on season three.
0: I cannot believe we're on season three. This
1: is, this is the season that I was initially going to be guest hosting in several times.
0: Yes, yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of fun with guests this episode I really think we're going to just have like a panel of six at one yeah. point yeah because yeah I know there's one or two episodes in this season everyone we have ever met wants to talk about <laughs> um so that is that is super exciting but yeah so let's let's get into the episode let's let's do it Uh, Anne, it aired September 29th, 1998. And our synopsis is Buffy flees to the city where she and a runaway fall prey to a man with a devilish taste for teens. <laughs> <laughs> Willow, Xander, and Cordy go into the slaying business. Okay, it's it's not just me. The like first part of that description is a, a wee bit misleading. That's
1: a bit misleading. Plus the second part, like they've left Oz out. They did leave Oz out. I
0: feel very bad about that. Because Cordy doesn't come in until later. She does not. So do we have any titles this week that aren't just Anne? We do have two. Okay. So
1: in German, we have Trapped in the Underworld. Ooh. And in Italian, Secret Identity. Oh, I like
0: Trapped in the Underworld. Yeah.
1: That sounds very so yeah, epic. Everything everything else was just Anne in multiple languages and different, yeah. So. Like when it's a name, it's... Yeah, yeah, those are always... But I like that both the Germans and the Italians always tend to be very extra. Yes, I mean, Trapped in the Underground just sounds very epic. Yeah, so... And especially, especially like from Germany, where you have all that big, you know, I'm imagining some Wagner playing for Trapped in
0: the Underworld. Yes. So shockingly, we get no previously on. They just go right into it. Yeah. Instead, we go right to the cemetery where a slow pan down (laughs) reveals a hand starting to wiggle its way out of a grave. A newborn vampire beginning to rise. Another hand emerges and then ahead is our vamp crawls his way out only to be met by Willow. (laughs) Standing at the foot of the grave, Willow, now with short hair, tells the vamp to come and get it. Though the moment he does, she regrets (laughs) everything and starts backing up. I mean, it was a good she
1: she had a good delivery. She did. She had a very good delivery. I'm very, very proud of her for that. But she just couldn't. Follow through with it.
0: (laughs) That's when Xander grabs him. He holds the vampire or tries to as Oz emerges from the bushes, pulling a stake from his jacket. However, before he can drive said stake into said vampire, the vamp throws off (laughs) Sandra's hold, escaping. And what promises to be a most epic move, Oz takes the stake, sizes up the distance, and tosses it, (laughs) only for it to bounce off another grave and fall to the ground.
1: This whole scene, this whole scene is such a great opening for season three. It's amazing. Especially when, you know, we don't know at this point how serious. Buffy's part of this episode is going to be. So starting out with these three idiots in a very Keystone cop type of situation where you know they're not going to be able to be as effective as one slayer, but they just bungle it so badly and you feel so bad. So bad for him, but it's hilarious because, you know, it wasn't going to go well. It was not. No. And especially you find out that the vampire was a
0: gymnast in his life. He's doing all these flips and... The vampire gone, the Scoobies collect themselves. Is everyone okay? Well, first off, Xander wants to know what was with the acrobatics. Oz replies that the vamp used to be a gymnast, (laughs) which Xander declares makes him a cheater. That is unfair. (laughs) It is unfair. Also, come and get it. He looks to Willow. The Slayer always makes a quip or a play on words. She thinks it throws the vampire off their game and intimidates them. You know, because she's smarter than they are. Okay, she didn't have much time to come up with something, but let him try doing it. (laughs) Oz casually suggests, this time it's personal. There's a reason it's a classic. As he gathers their things, Xander says, while they appreciated Buffy's fighting prowess, he thinks they took her punning for granted. Which is when Willow scolds him for using the past tense. They're not doing that. Past tense implies Buffy is gone forever, and she isn't. She'll be back. Willow is sure of it. People need to have more appreciation for punts, Mary. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. (laughs) I am just saying. Mm, False. (laughs) Xander amends his statement. They took these things for granted in the past, but they won't when she returns. Willow then asks if they think Buffy knows school is starting tomorrow. Tomorrow? Oz looks a bit surprised by that announcement. Like the date has caught him off guard. (laughs) Right. Right, big day. Willow immediately frowns. The end of summer means she'll be busy during the week again. But only till three. And that's usually when Oz gets up. So Xander can't wait to see Cordelia. He also can't believe that he can't wait to see Cordelia. So cute. Willow, on the other hand, can't wait to see what their first homework assignment will be. Off Xander's look, she comments that they all have issues. Oz suggests they pack it in and the other two nod. As they walk away, Willow comments, How wouldn't it be great if Buffy just showed up tomorrow? Sandra reminds her that she can't just show up. She was kicked out. Well, who knows? But she just wishes they knew where Buffy was. And we're about to find out. Yes. But first, this time it's personal. <laughs> so according to Google, this was kind of a theme when it came to the action movies of the 80s and 90s.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like he's like, like Oz oh, there's a reason why it's a classic
0: But the thing that likely made it so popular was the fact that it was the tagline for the 1987 movie Jaws the Revenge.
1: Yes, which is kind of hilarious considering it's a movie about a shark. Sharks need love too. (laughs) And I guess they need revenge. They need revenge.
0: (laughs) Everybody needs revenge. (laughs) So where is Buffy? According to the next scene, she's on a beach. Standing by the water's edge when she's joined by Angel. Is that where she is though? But we're gonna get there. <laughs> his arms going around her waist. She asks how he found her, and he says that even if he was blind, he would see her. Which really doesn't answer the question. <laughs> but it is nicely poetic, so you know.
1: We have we have already stated that Angel, bless his heart is like a big, dumb puppy.
0: Yeah, yeah, he kind of is. She then asks him to stay. He responds forever, because that's the point, isn't it? He'll always be with her, even if she kills him. Yes, <laughs> yes, the beach is a <laughs> beach of lies. Oh,
1: it's, it's I love how when it opens up,
0: again, when you when
1: you think about watching this episode for the first time, and it opens up with Buffy on this beautiful beach, you're like, okay, she's not doing so bad. And of course, she's not on a sunny, happy beach.
0: Well, I mean, our, our first indication probably should have been Angel. Well, on before, the beach yeah. Yeah before, yeah, before, yeah. Before Angel. But, yes. But yeah, as she awakes from her dream and crosses to the window, we see Buffy is actually in a crappy little apartment in Los Angeles. Credits. So we get a bunch of new scenes in the credit. Yes. Uh, Some from the end of last season, some from this upcoming season, quite a few from this episode.
1: Yes, because the the one that I always notice is the guy that's crawling out of the grave at the beginning of this episode is in the credits.
0: And our favorite, Mr. Trick, is in the yes. credits. Oh, yes. I can't uh, wait. We'll talk more about him in the, a few weeks. Super yep. exciting. Ooh. We also see Seth Green joins yes. the opening credits. And the Buffy logo is finally the one we all know. Yeah. As season three was the first time they used the more gothic looking yeah. logo.
1: I love, I honestly, I love season three's opening credits the way that, all the scenes go together. I love yeah. when they go on Oz playing the guitar, oh, going so along, going along with the guitar riffs in the opening theme. From a graphic standpoint, from a design, like everything about this season's opening is perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. And speaking of the theme and the guitar riff, uh, you will also notice the theme sounds a bit different. Uh, this is because from this season forward, they use the remastered theme. Yep. So yeah, so this is this is really where we we kind of get the the feel of and sound of the credits that we probably all think about. Yeah, this when is we think about the Buffy credits.
1: Yeah, because I like going back. This is what's in my brain, and also because season three is one of those seasons that I watch so much that it does sound so much different from the first two seasons. And again, it sets so much of where we're going to be going in the future.
0: Yeah, in this episode, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. This episode is a really good bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really notice that so much when I used to watch it. Honestly, this has never been one of my top episodes, but... Since we now talk about the themes and the mm-hmm. lines and everything so much, I can now clearly appreciate the bridge that this yeah. episode creates.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those episodes again in out of out of context. It's not a great episode, but again, when we're sitting here and we're dissecting everything and talking about how everything connects and how it works, it really is more important than it seems to be. When you first watch it. Yeah. And it's the first time it's it's really like this is Buffy trying to not be who she is. But unfortunately, like she like she always wanted to just be a regular girl. But unfortunately, in this episode, she's realizing that being a regular girl is not going to m- mean her being with her friends and family. No. Her not being a slayer means she has to be somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. and again, this episode shows that even if she tries to be out of it, it
0: somehow she's going to
1: just keep getting pulled back into that world.
0: Returning from the credits, we go to a diner where Buffy is currently working as a waitress. She delivers burgers to two very sexist truckers. Oh, they are awful. One of whom did not get the memo about not touching Buffy's ass oh. without express permission. Oh. Before making her way to a table where
1: Chanterelle sits oh, with her boyfriend, I love her, and I love how I love how Buffy has a moment after he smacks her ass where she was ready to, yeah, flip out on him, but she's living this different life now, so she has to try to keep all that all on the down low. I love, I'm so, like I love We we talked about her in the last.
0: I love Chanterelle so much. And we're going to talk about her a ton this episode. Yes. Um, But she's not called Chanterelle anymore. She's called Lily. She's so cute. Buffy asks if they're ready to order. And the boyfriend, Ricky, pulls some change from his pocket, (laughs) asking what they can get with it. Oh, bless you, Ricky. Can they get cake? Lily is very excited about the prospect (laughs) of cake. But Ricky tells her not to be stupid. They need to eat healthy. What about pie? (laughs) You you know, because the fruit. The fruit, yeah. Buffy, who we should mention is going by Anne, hence the name of the episode. Tells them they have a peach pie. Not that she can guarantee there's a peach in it. (laughs) Lily mentions that maybe they shouldn't have blown all their money. And Ricky says he knows, but it was worth it. He then shows Buffy the tattoos on their arm. Each of them have half a heart with Lily saying Ricky and Ricky saying Lily. They ask what she thinks and Buffy says they're nice. Nice and permanent. (laughs) That's the point. Forever. That sentiment, the same one she heard Angel profess in her dreams, throws her. Mm-hmm. Enough so that Lily manages to get a good look at her. Have they met before? Buffy doubts it. But Lily seems sure. Where's she from? Saying she'll get their pie, Buffy takes their ticket over to one of the other waitresses and says she's not feeling well. Could they possibly cover? She takes off her apron and departs as we head to Sunnydale High.
1: But first, That lady was way too nice about letting Buffy yeah. go home. In the middle uh, of her shift, she anybody, she really who's, was. anybody who's ever worked in a food service, you would you would get your ass ripped apart if you tried to leave halfway through. No, you you would have to be dying on the floor for them to let you mm-hmm. go early.
0: So I just want to say uh, I know we talked a bit about it in line of me, and we're going to talk about it more as the episode goes on. But I love Lily's journey. I love it too. Yeah, because it's going to continue. Uh, we're going to see her pop up a few times. I think in Angel. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we get to see what she does with this chance that Buffy gives her at the end.
1: That's one of the things that I've, again, I've always loved about about Lily, Chanterelle. Like, so often in this series, you don't get to see the difference that Buffy made. I mean, you get to see it in, in the Sunnydale High students, mm-hmm. but Chanterelle was not part of their school, She was just somebody that she found in a different situation. And the fact that they kept bringing her back and that you see what she goes through and how she basically turns her life around. And and it's all because of Buffy. It's all because Buffy saved her in one episode. Mm -hmm. And then again, you get to see her here where Buffy gives her another
0: chance. Also, Ricky is played by Chad Todd Hunter, who I was shocked to discover was in Winter Soldier. Really? Yeah, he's one of the weapon tech guys. Oh, okay. Uh, he's also been in Party of Five, The Fosters, True Blood, tons yeah, of stuff. Yeah, he just has
1: that. He just has that. I did a lot of 90s teen dramas oh, like yeah. to him.
0: Anyway, the Sunnydale High Library, which is busier than we have ever seen it. I
1: am surprised nobody was complaining about how many people were in the library at that point.
0: Well, I'm guessing it's because it's the first day thing. Because yeah. it looked like that was where all the textbooks were. Yeah, yeah. The people were going in and out to pick up textbooks. Yeah,
1: and I guess, I guess everybody is also too distracted by... Buffy not being there. Right.
0: Willow and Giles emerge from the stacks, Willow updating him on their nightly patrols. They're still streamlining their whole system, working (laughs) out the kinks, like, you know, letting the vampires get away. Giles tells her that, while he does appreciate her and the others doing what they can to keep the population down while Buffy's away. Because I guess none of the denizens of darkness booked vacations this year. This year, this year,
1: this year was a pretty busy summer, you know, I guess because the Slayer. Well, no, Buffy was out of town. Yeah. Other years, too.
0: I know, just I guess nobody could go on vacation this year. Yeah, no, everybody, everybody was booked. Yep. Joe, what were you doing? That if something were to happen, if they were to be killed, that he would take it somewhat amiss. <laughs> He'd be cranky? Entirely. Aww. Well, lucky for him, they try not to get killed. That's their whole mission statement. Don't get killed. From his office, we hear a phone ringing, and so Giles goes to answer it, but not before telling Willow that he thinks she's really going to like the book she checked out. Because, yes, Willow Rosenberg is the person who picks up extra books on the first day.
1: I feel so seen by her. I know. I know. especially special and an old book.
0: Yeah. She turns to leave and runs into Cordelia, asking how her summer was. Turns out it was not great. The resort they went to in Mexico? Organized fun. <laughs> and Cordelia makes sure to use air quotes around the world fun. Not to mention the cockroaches there are so big, they could own property. <laughs> how was Willow summer? Oh, you know. Okay. Is Sandra around? Yeah, somewhere. Cordelia hasn't seen him yet and seems quite excited to reunite. Does she look okay? Aw. Yeah. Yeah, she looks great. He didn't meet anyone over the summer, did he? No, that's silly. Who would he meet in Sunnydale? A bunch of monsters. But then he's always been drawn to monsters. <laughs> How's her hair? Still good.
1: I love the constant mentioning of Xander. Yes! His love interests being monsters. I love it so much. Because she does
0: it, and she does it twice here, too. So, like. <laughs> Trying to find a way out of this conversation, Willow (laughs) looks around. Thankfully, she sees someone she knows down the hall and yells hi, but Cordelia grabs her arm. What if Xander's forgotten her? Well, she'll just need to make him remember. She heads off and Willow is finally free to say hello to Oz. I love how excited
1: Cordy is. Like, she's not even bothering to hide the fact that she's excited to see Xander.
0: Oz, who came to visit her with books. Are those books for her? there for him so remember how he didn't graduate (laughs) yeah but that's what summer school was for remember how he didn't go (laughs) (laughs) i love how in the middle of this conversation we get like kids dashing down the hall yeah just so like mr cool guy teacher i love (laughs) can remind them that summer is over and it's time to be somber
1: i love him i love like i wish we would have gotten more with him Like, I do love this whole scene because so often in shows that are back to school, you don't really get how hectic Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be the first day of school. I, I love that teacher, too. Like, I really, really wish we would have had something more with him.
0: I know. I was like, will we ever see Mr. Cool Guy teacher again? I know. Probably not. He he's he's also sad
1: that he had to leave his vacation. You know, he probably was in Paris or London or something and getting culture.
0: Willow doesn't understand. He never said anything. How is she supposed to react to this rather alarming news? Alarming, Willow? Really? With with all you've dealt with. This does this really rank as alarming? <laughs> a surprising? Yes, but
1: alarming? Well, you know what? Willow does have a habit of overplaying certain things and underplaying other things.
0: That's true. Oz says he was kind of banking on her finding it cute. She reminds him that traditionally the repeating of a grade is not a turn on. And he's a genius. Mr. Test scores. It's just all very weird. <laughs> so the cute thing is out? Before she can answer, Xander crashes the conversation. Has anyone seen Cordelia? She's around there somewhere. Okay, because he doesn't want to come on too geeky. But he's excited, like really excited. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of heat, so they may want to stay out of the way. (laughs) And he's starting to sound super geeky, so... He heads off to find Cordy, and Willow and Oz return to the conversation at hand. Or at least they try to. Xander immediately returns, but Willow heads him off, telling him that his hair is fine. (laughs) Cool. We take a brief interval as Larry passes by with one of the other players. Oh my god.
1: Telling him <laughs> that
0: this year is going to be great for the football team. <laughs> He's been doing the egg white thing, training. So if they can just stay focused, stay disciplined, and have not so many mysterious oh, deaths, yes. well, then this year's going to rule.
1: I love I love that scene with Larry.
0: <laughs> I love it. And like we said that this is setting up stuff to come because we're seeing the fact that more and more the students, not necessarily the adults, mm-hmm. but the students are starting to notice what goes on in Sunnydale. Yeah. And and this is all going to lead to events later in the season like the prom and graduation. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's it's just so so delight. And just, I, I love, again, because this is another, this is the way that this episode, a lot of it, especially with in the school is shot, is very much a signature of the creator where you have these shots that are done while walking and talking and the way that the camera is moving. Oh, we're like, going gonna to talk about
0: this shot. Yes. So Willer tells Oz she's trying to get to cute, really. But she's stuck on Strange. Oz says he'd be willing to bargain down to a centric with an option for cool. Will or not, she can do that. They head off as Xander and Cordelia finally find one another in the upper level of the student lounge. They greet each other with a hey. Things immediately turning awkward. Without <laughs> any of the aforementioned heat. Xander asks if her summer was good and she says yeah. Before he does the whole cool, well, see you around thing. She responds with a yeah and they both take off. Neither one satisfied with how that went. Okay. So two things: one, Jonathan was originally slated to give the senior year speech, not Larry. And two, are you ready to be? Are you, are you ready to be super impressed? Yeah. That whole thing from library to the end of Xander and Cordelia was one, one shot. continuous shot.
1: That's yeah. It reminded me. It reminded me very much of the opening of Serenity. Yes. When they're going through
0: the ship. Yeah.
1: I had a feeling that that's what you were gonna go. What you were gonna tell me.
0: So, it was six main actors, about a hundred extras, and fifty lines of dialogue. Yep, yep. I do like, I do like shots like that. It's... Oh, I love shots like that. Yeah. We're then back in L.A. in a scene that is the complete opposite of the overcrowded, bustling halls. Buffy sits alone in her quiet apartment, a can of SpaghettiOs in her hand. For a moment, she just sets and it's heartbreaking. And it's clearly meant to be because we Mm -hmm. go from the crazy wackiness of Sunnydale High, Willow and Xander both reuniting with their significant others, to Buffy alone just Buffy no Angel no friends just her and that's interesting and that ties into the what I mean by this being a bridge because in a way we are following up on that moment from last season yep because Buffy now has had all these things taken away from her she's without her friends Mm -hmm. she doesn't seem to have any weapons on her and I do think that a part of her hope died with Angel and so we take all that away, and we're going to talk about hope and desperation as the episode goes on, because those are huge themes to this yeah, episode. Yeah, the whole thing. So we we do we take all that away, and what are we left with? And mm-hmm. we're left with Buffy, and and like you said earlier, a big part of this episode is is Buffy realizing that and realizing the truth of what it means to be the Slayer, mm-hmm. and how that that doesn't end. That and and like we
1: we in the earlier in the earlier episodes. You know, you get the whole thing that the Slayer is supposed to be alone. Mm-hmm. The Slayer is supposed to work alone. You know, she has to be able to travel. She has to be able to fight. Nobody is supposed to know her identity. And all of Buffy's whole thing was she's stronger because she has her friends. Right. Because she has this group of people who support her. So here she is in what is supposed to be the quote unquote ideal Slayer situation, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't know what to do with herself. No. She doesn't know how to be that singular person alone. And again, it just goes to show that Buffy is stronger for the support system that she has.
0: Yeah. Leaving the apartment, she walks to work passing both a homeless teen who is being approached by a guy with flyers, red flag. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I think I do have like (laughs) later on in these notes. (laughs) And an older homeless woman cowering in the corner of a closed store's entranceway muttering that she is no one. She's no one. Attempting to ignore her, Buffy puts her head down and keeps walking. In his office, Giles speaks to someone on the phone, the call he presumably got earlier. Thanking the person on the other end, he hangs up and grabs his coat and bag, telling Willow and Xander that he has another lead. A colleague in Oakland has heard reports of a young girl fighting off a group of vampires. There's a plane that leaves in an hour. Watching him, Xander asks, what makes this lead different than the last nine? There's a meal on this plate? Look, Xander doesn't want to be the poop of the party. <laughs> but every time this happens, Giles gets his hopes up. And every time it turns out to be a big old raspberry, which makes Xander feel bad. Willow tries to save the whole conversation by saying that it's good Giles is looking, that they shouldn't give up. Xander thankfully picks up on this cue and agrees. Yeah, definitely. Giles says they have to try before dashing off. Left alone, Willow asks if Xander really doesn't think he'll find her. He says he thinks he'll find her when she wants to be found. That night, Buffy walks home from work. Lily follows, calling Anne a few times before switching to Buffy, surprised to hear her actual name, Buffy stops and Lily catches up, promising that she won't turn her in or tell her anything. She guesses Buffy doesn't recognize her. Lily? No. (laughs) Well, yes, but no. That's not... She used to call herself Chanterelle back when she was in a cult that worshipped vampires. Lame. She knows. Buffy tells her that she remembers. Lily says she saved her. Saved them all. She never thanked her. Did Lily tell anyone who she was? No, no one. Not even Ricky. She was just so surprised to see her there, but she'd never tell. She knows how it is when you have to get lost. The two girls begin walking together, and Buffy asks if Lily lives nearby. There's a couple of places. Abandoned. A couple of people stay there. So how did Buffy come up with Anne? It's her middle name. Lily says her name is from a song. Ricky picked it. This just makes what happens to Ricky like I even know. more tragic because we all know if you name something, then it means you got attached. Yeah, but now, forever. Not that Lily belongs to Ricky; she's her own person. But I like to think these two crazy kids could have made it.
1: I I really liked, even though like e- even though like later on you find out that apparently Ricky skipped out on his parole.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> not the greatest, <laughs> but
1: he's like. He really does seem to adore her. Like I when you first see them and she even says like she even says, that you know, later on, like he would never leave her. He takes care of her. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, like, you never saw any kind of that he would be that he's abusive. You no. know, so it just seemed like two idiot kids who, you know, found each other and really did care. You know, they, they may not have had a great life together, but yeah, I, I really did like Lily and Ricky. I know. I know. So yeah, like I I,
0: I am legitimately sad, like later on when yeah. you find out. Lily says she's always changing, but Chanterelle was part of her exotic <laughs> phase. Buffy says it's nice. It's a mushroom. A mushroom? <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> She's so cute. (laughs) If it makes her feel any better, it's an exotic mushroom. Before that, Lily says she was following some loser preacher and calling herself Sister Sunshine. Buffy asks what they call her at home, and when she doesn't answer, clearly uncomfortable. Buffy says she likes Lily. That's cool for now. Stopping, she asks Buffy if she has any money. Not like that. It's just, she knows this guy. He's having this kind of rave type deal in his basement, and they could go. She could show Buffy if... She's kind of broke. Buffy's not too down with that idea. She mostly just wants to be alone. Lily didn't mean to bug her. No, no, it's it's not. It's just the idea of that many people. Buffy's not sure she's... She does have money, though. If Lily and Ricky want to go, then maybe she could meet them another time. Lily tells her, no, it's, it's fine, really. In the middle of this, a homeless man walks in between the pair, not saying anything. Lily says he's not very polite, and he stops at the edge of the road staring at them. Is he all right? He says he's no one right before he wanders into traffic. Dropping her bag, Buffy runs to save the man from being hit and ends up getting hit herself. The driver, along with several spectators and Lily, rush to Buffy. Is she okay? He didn't see her. Someone should call an ambulance. (laughs) Buffy shakes her head, insisting she's fine and saying she just needs to get home. She takes her bag from Lily and hurries off, running into Ken as she turns the corner, causing him to drop all his flyers. Fuck Ken. Fuck Ken. Of course, since she is Buffy, she stops to help him pick them up. He asks where she's running to, but after getting a good look at her, says that maybe he should ask where she's running from. She's pretty new around there. She's got the look, though. The look? Like she had to grow up way too fast. What's her name? Anne. As she answers, she tries to move away, but Ken stops her, introducing himself and handing her a flyer. Turns out he runs a place called Family Home. He tells her to feel free to stop by. She may not be starving, as she clearly has a job and therefore a paycheck, but they don't just feed the body. Buffy assures her she's fine. Oh, really? Then why is she there? It's not a good place for a kid to be. They get old fast. Oh, Ken. Oh. Ken. I see what you did there, Ken. Yeah. Ken. Ken.
1: And, and, And all of that aside, like, finding out later, like, the whole deal, like, Ken is such a fucking creeper anyway. Oh, yeah. No, he is. You know... Even like, you know, and 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 also because I like and I've been watching a lot of criminal minds lately.
0: <laughs> you like, even if he wasn't a demon, he'd be murdering these teens and selling their even, organs. Even
1: if he wasn't a demon, he has that shady creeper thing going on. Like Ken
0: not being a demon, he would be perfectly at home on criminal minds. Oh, yeah. He says for a lot of kids, they come there having nothing to go home to. And this is the last stop. It shouldn't be that way. <sighs> As Buffy looks out into the middle distance, music picks up and we're given a montage of these kids. Those lost in yearning. A girl standing alone on a street. Kids huddled together in an abandoned building. Kids panhandling. I forgot about this montage. Oh, yeah. This this mon- this is... it's It's small, but it's powerful. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember the first time, like, once I saw it again, I remember yeah. the first time watching this episode and just being so sad yeah
1: because it is a very for for being it for being a show like this and and also like it like it does show how there are people again be, taking out the fact that he's a demon yeah that there are people like this that take advantage of people kids who are in a situation that they can't get out of so he's he's giving them Hope.
0: Yeah. And that's why in our show notes for this week and on our social media channels, we will list some of the organizations and ways that you can help homeless teens and runaways. Because no one should be left without hope. No. But on a more fun fact sort of note, this montage will be used again during the pitch for Angel series. And select images from it will be used in Angel's opening credits.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because again, it takes place in... LA and also the song that's playing
0: yes <laughs> during
1: the <laughs> it's such a 90s the well, like
0: I, as we're about yeah. to point out it's a very 90s yeah. coffee house kind yeah kinda yes. kinda song
1: ladies acoustic I call
0: it yes but first uh since this is the first time we really see Ken we will take this opportunity to mention that Ken is played by Carlos Jacott, one of the very few actors to have the distinction of being on Buffy Angel and Firefly Yep. He's also done such shows as CSI, <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun, as well as movies like Gross Pro Bank. He's one of those people who's been everywhere.
1: Yeah, I always remember him because, yeah, because he's in the the pilot episode of Firefly. He's he's that guy. So whenever I see him in one or the other, and he just, he has a good sleazy look. Like this oh, actor, does. like I said, this actor and the way he plays Ken is perfect for the creepers in CSI and criminal Mm -hmm. minds and those kinds of shows. So it, it works very well. And I'm sure he's a very nice guy.
0: I'm sure he's like a perfectly (laughs) pleasant man, but he just, yes, he has the look for serial killer number three. He has such a, he has such a look. The music transitions us to the bronze where Willow and Xander sit listening to the onstage band. Xander's super glad they came for depressing night. Willow wonders what she's doing right now and Xander says, oh, he knows what she's doing. She's (laughs) gabbing to all her friends about her passionate affair with Pedro the Cabana boy and laughing about how she still might have feelings for him. Willow looks at him and Xander admits that it might be possible she was talking about Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. The bronze, it just doesn't seem the same without her. Xander adds that the slaying's not getting any easier as Oz returns with drinks. He hands one to Willow and Xander before remarking that he thinks they're really starting to find their rhythm. They're losing half the vamps. True, but rhythmically, (laughs) Willow says it's all about their timing. But Xander, Xander knows what they need. A vampire slayer? (laughs) Well, yes, but he's thinking of the next best thing. Looking across the club, his eyes land on Cordelia. Bait. We go to what is presumably the next morning and the summer's house. Joyce is sitting in the living room paying bills when a knock comes at the door. (laughs) She pauses, wondering if it could possibly be Buffy before going to answer. It's Giles. Giles who has come to update Joyce on the search. Turns out his latest lead was a no-go. Not only was there no Buffy, but there was no vampires. Mm-hmm. Just teenagers and heavy mascara listening to silly music, and <laughs> I feel really judged right now. I know, I know. He's he's talking about you, Mary. He is talking about me in my like, Specific- teenage college days. Specifically you. <laughs> <laughs> As me as, as Panda would say before she fixed me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I wore no color and long lace skirts and black lip, yeah, no, yeah, I feel by yeah. down right now. Yeah, yeah, and
1: and anytime, anytime Panda's not around, you default back to the black. I def- yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact that you buy so much colorful makeup,
0: yeah. No, I, I, have, I have like two settings now. I'm either full on goth or I'm wearing like bright pink eyeshadow yeah. and like totally like 90s, early 2000s Zenith. That's, yeah. yeah,
1: that's, that's what I, I do love that. Cause, cause like I, like I always knew you like when we first met, like super goth. Yeah. And then, like, seeing you buy all this makeup and all this pretty sparkly stuff is always just so funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Two sides of my personality. Mary Sunshine and uh, Queen of the Damned. Queen, yes. Or you could also go for pastel goth. I like pastel goth. Yeah, I could, too. I do like the, like, pastel, like, baby vamp. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Joyce thanks him for going. She's just... She's so afraid to leave the house. What if Buffy shows up or calls? What if she needs her? Giles tells Joyce that Buffy is the most capable child he has ever met. She may be confused or unhappy, but she is certainly not in any danger. Joyce just wishes she could talk to her. The last thing they did was fight. Giles tells her she mustn't blame herself for Buffy's leaving. And Joyce, Joyce doesn't blame herself. She blames Giles. Good for you. Giles, who has been this huge influence on her, who has been guiding her and mentoring her, Giles, who had this whole relationship with Buffy that Joyce didn't know about. She feels like he took Buffy away from her. Giles reminds Joyce that he isn't the one who made Buffy who she is. Oh, and who is she? This takes us back to the diner, where Buffy is filling sugar jars. Lily comes in, asking Buffy if they can talk. It's Ricky. He's missing. I love that scene between Joyce and Giles. I do and I don't. I I mean, I... I like it probably more now because it's very easy to understand Mm -hmm. where Joyce is coming from. Because here is another adult, a teacher, who kept this secret of her daughter's.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because she, you know, this is the thing where everybody who was close to Buffy knew this secret except for her. Yeah. And her daughter, you know, she, and the thing is, like, she... At this point, she doesn't quite understand what the whole her being the Slayer means. No. So from her perspective, again, here is this man who has been, you know, in her daughter's life, who was important to her, who kept her, you know, who kept Joyce in the dark about things. And I mean, you know, we see we see like little hints where people see Giles and, and Buffy together, you know, where they're thinking that something yeah pinky is going on so joyce could have 100 percent been thinking that there was something yeah improper going on but she she just she did trust giles and because she trusted giles now she finds out that something was going on that her daughter was put in danger
0: But I also have like the reaction of don't yell at Giles.
1: I know. I know. That's the same thing. It's like, oh, we love Giles. He's a good Giles.
0: He takes care of people. We don't, we don't yell at Giles. I know. Lily hasn't seen him in over a day and he's never gone for that long. Did she call the police? No. No. Ricky skipped out on his parole. Involving the cops would only cause more trouble. Did she ask around? Lily wants to know if Buffy can help her. She can't. But that's what she is. She helps people. She can't get into this. She's sorry. But she knows how to do stuff. She doesn't. Not anymore. But Lily doesn't know what to do. Aww. Poor Lily. Turns out Buffy is still a sucker. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and Lily Lily is so sweet. Yeah, like how do you think of that? So,
1: she's so earnest. She's so worried, you know, and Buffy's like, man, my life was... Okay, it wasn't the greatest, but now I'm going to get involved in something and I'm hoping it's not going to be anything supernatural. But
0: knowing my luck, it's going to be supernatural. So she goes with Lily to the blood bank. Lily explains that she and Ricky have given blood a few times so they can earn a few bucks. Plus, they get cookies. (laughs) Buffy notices that Lily seems to be a fan of the sugar rush. It's nice. A nurse comes over and asks if they're there to donate. And Buffy says they're actually looking for someone. Ricky T? Lily says they come in together sometimes. Ricky, sure. The nurse knows him. He's not there. Does she know if he's been in the last day or so? She tells him to hold on and goes to check the sheet. While they wait, Buffy tells Lily that this will probably go faster if they split up. Okay. Can she come with her? <laughs> Where did she lose her on the whole splitting up thing? Right. Right. I'm sorry. Buffy says they can check out some of the places they frequented and then meet up back at her place later. The nurse finishes slipping through the sheets and tells them that she's sorry, but he hasn't been in. If he does come in, she'll make sure to tell him that they're looking. Buffy thanks her and the two head out. As they leave, the nurse watches them. Her demeanor changing ever so slightly. Shady, so shady. The nurse is played by none other than absolutely famous character actor Mary Pat Green. Yep, who has been on everything from Home Improvement to Saved by the Bell, Murder She Wrote, Married with Children, Wizards of Waverly Place, like literally anything. Yeah, and everything. yeah.
1: Her, she's she's one of those people that her IMDP page just it keeps, keeps going. going, keeps going, yeah.
0: Night falls, and Buffy searches one of the abandoned buildings. She walks around, weaving through various homeless people until she spots the guy she saved earlier, dead, apparently having killed himself by drinking Drano. There's a, there's a Heather's joke in here, but I just, I can't think of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Going over to him, Buffy inspects the body and finds a tattoo on his arm, half a heart with the name Lily in the middle. Ricky? I know it's probably because they repurposed a set piece. Yeah, but when Buffy walks by this one area of the building, there's occult symbols painted like all over the wall. Not like normal graffiti or anything, but what looks like like runes and singles, Yeah, and she doesn't even stop to investigate.
1: You know what? Yeah, I mean they probably repurposed
0: it, but also it's the goth nineties. So yeah, I know it, it is. Yeah. Back at Buffy's apartment, Lily waits. Anxious, she picks up a small stuffed duck and begins playing with it. Almost like how Angel toyed with Mr. Gordo. Mm -hmm. Buffy comes in and immediately Lily begins asking about Ricky. Did she find him? Because there's this movie house he likes to go to. Knows a way to sneak around the back and Buffy stops her telling her that she thinks Ricky's dead. But he takes care of her. They were going to get a place. Ricky's cousin. He said he could get him a job at the car wash. Sitting down, Buffy says, there's more. The person she found, he was old, like 80. I think that wasn't Ricky. She's sure it was. She's not sure how, but it was like something to drain the life out of him. Like a vampire? No, a vampire couldn't accelerate the aging process. It had to be something more like, maybe it was something in his blood. When was the last time the two of them donated? Lily doesn't know. Is she sure that it was Ricky? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe... Buffy tells her this is something she's just going to have to live with. But he didn't do anything wrong. Why would this happen to him? That's not the point. Buffy tells her these things happen all the time. She can't just close her eyes and hope they'll go away. Lily then asks if it's because of Buffy. What? She knows about monsters and stuff. She could have brought something with her. She didn't bring anything with her. (laughs) And she didn't ask for Lily to come to her with her problems. (laughs) All she wanted was to be left alone. And if she can't deal, well, then don't lay that on her. Lily leaves the apartment and Buffy, well, Buffy looks a bit like her mother did after their own argument. Yeah. Like she knows she just said all the wrong things. Alone, Lily wanders the streets. She stops, leaning on a metal gate as the tears begin to fall. That's when Ken appears. Fucking Ken. Fucking Ken. God. Wanting to know if she's all right. She shakes her head and he tells her that it's okay. Maybe he can help. He can't. He says he knows they all think he's some big square handing out leaflets about hope. No, we think you're a creeper. Yeah, really? <laughs> I'm like, no, I think you're a no, serial killer. No,
1: I'm I'm pretty sure if, if I saw this guy, I'd be like, ah, uh, nope, you're a serial killer.
0: Please fuck off. But hope is a real thing. Same as despair. And hope can fill you up. Fill that hole that you <sighs> didn't even know was there. Lily shakes her head, beginning to say something about Ricky. Ricky? Is she Lily? This catches her attention and she turns to face Ken. Yeah, Ricky talked about her. He's seen Ricky? Sure has. He's with them now. But she said he was dead. Ken tells her that someone sure fed her a tall tale. And then invites her to come back to the family home with him. No, Lily, run. He's got that Ted level of creepiness. Yes, yes, he does. Let them help her get all this straightened out. Soothed by the idea of seeing Ricky, Lily nods and lets Ken lead her away. Meanwhile, Buffy breaks into the blood bank, going through her <laughs> father. When the nurse, who is still there, demands to know what Buffy's doing, she tells her just that, going through her personal file. <laughs> yeah, Buffy doesn't even try. Which did anyone else notice? These forms are marked as Sunnydale. Yes, and, and yes. Not just that, but Sunnyvale, as they have a typo on them.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I I did notice that. And then when I was looking at at the wiki this morning, they even noted that in the in the goofs.
0: It seems Ricky and a lot of the others were marked as candidates candidates for what the nurse threatens to call the cops and Buffy rips the phone from the wall eyes never moving from the files <laughs> she wonders if any of these other candidates are missing like Ricky is she bets they are the nurse says she's going to get herself into a lot of trouble she doesn't want trouble she just wants to be alone in a room with a chair and a fireplace and a tea cozy she doesn't know what a tea cozy is <laughs> but she wants one instead she keeps getting trouble which she is more than willing to share. So what are they doing with those kids? Nothing. She just, she gives him the name of the healthy ones. Gives them to who? I think we all know the answer to this. It's yeah. Ken. Yeah. Fucking and, Ken. And this doesn't make him any less creepy. Nope.
1: We give him, I, we give him the names of the healthy ones. Like, yeah. no. Mary Pat, you're being just as creepy. Yep. You're enabling the creepy.
0: Ken is currently showing Lily the way to the cleansing ceremony. Oh. Uh, Something that requires her to wear a burlap sack. It gets worse and worse. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <sighs> like, you're kind of relieved when you find out it's just a hell dimension. Uh, yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. She asked Ken if it's like a baptism, and he is very vague in his answer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I like how she, because she's gone through all these different types like of cults. groups. the Different cults. Like, Lily, I know you want to find Ricky, but girl, you already admitted that you've gone through several cults. Please run. She then asks if she'll see
0: Ricky again after. Of course, he's waiting for her. As he leads her off, we go back to Sunnydale and the park, where the Scoobies are once again on patrol. Cordelia wondering why she has to be baked. <laughs> She's always baked. Can't Willow be baked? Xander explains that the vampire has already seen Willow. And could she talk any louder? Let all the vampires know what they're planning? <laughs> They get Cordelia into position and then go to hide. Cordelia follows Xander, wanting to make it known that she is doing this for Buffy and not for him. (laughs) Got it. Message received. Now go away. This is his hiding spot. Well, where is she supposed to hide? She's not. She's bait she needs to go out there and act all baity. <laughs> and then what the vampire attacks her and then what the vampire kills her and they all rejoice <laughs> <laughs> they continue to argue willow rolling her eyes or she can hear them from her hiding space However, with all that eye rolling, Willow never sees the vampire creeping up behind her. (laughs) Back at the family home, Ken takes Lily into the cleansing chamber, which is a creepy ass (sighs) small room with a pool in the middle and a rug beside the pool. And the pool has black goo in it. Yeah. He explains to Lily how the cleansing ceremony will wipe away all her past sins as he instructs her to kneel before the pool. Lily, kind of picking up on the creepy vibe, uh, yeah, yeah. says the water looks a little dirty, which is when we go back to the front of the center and <laughs> Buffy, who is trying to talk <laughs> her way inside, Telling the guys at the door about how she woke up and just said to herself, what's with all the sin? She needs a change. She's dirty and bad with the sex and the loud music. The guys aren't exactly sold. And (laughs) Buffy realizes she kind of sucks at undercover. We we knew this.
1: We always knew from the very beginning that Buffy was not great at undercover.
0: So after asking where Ken is, she just forces her way inside much easier. Fun fact. One of those two guys at the door is stunt coordinator Jeff Pruitt. Oh, okay. And this is actually his second time appearing on camera as he also played a vampire in Ted. Okay. Back in the chamber, Lily reaches towards the water, which isn't so much water as it is like tar. Oh, it's so gross. She dips her hand in just as Buffy breaks into the room. So, what's the deal, Ken? How do you make a old? If I knelt by that pool on
1: that weird... First of all, I wouldn't even get to that point. I would have told Ken to fuck off. Yeah. But let's just say I, you know, got to that point, kneeling next to that and seeing that weird tar-looking water substance, I'd be like, you know what? This is too weird. I'm out. Yeah, No. Totally out. Actually, I might have been out at being put in a
0: burlap sack. (laughs) Right? Do you feed off youth? He asked Buffy if she really wants to know. Lily turns to see what's going on, but something beneath the liquid grabs hold of her. She gets pulled through, and Buffy goes to follow, but is stopped by Ken. The resulting struggle sends them both tumbling through the pool into what looks like a factory. The moment she's recovered from the fall, Buffy heads for Lily, checking to make sure she's okay. She's clearly doing much better than Ken, who lost his human mask in the fall <laughs> and now is highly displeased because do they know how long it takes to glue that thing on? I love that. I love that. I do.
1: as, As much of a creeper as Ken is, I do love how mad he is.
0: He calls for the guards as Buffy grabs Lily's hand and the pair take off running. As they move deeper into the factory, they discover just what's happened to those missing teens. Before them stretches a workhouse of doom. Kids and former kids, now adults and old people, being tortured, punished, and forced to do toiling physical labor. So this whole scene, along with the music they chose really reminds me of Temple of Doom. Yes. When Indy finds like all the kids in the Mm -hmm. mine and I couldn't find anything that said if that was intentional or not. Yeah, it really, it really does have that feeling. Catching up with them, Ken welcomes them to his world before knocking out Buffy. He hopes they like it because they'll never leave. Uh, so the stage directions for this main hell chamber factory floor read Carrie and David Kay blow their entire budget for the year and Gareth can be seen in the corner weeping. I was <laughs> uh, like, yeah, that sounds about right. I, I always that's
1: that's my favorite part about about scripts is just when people put
0: when they put those little side notes in. Back in the park, Cordelia and Xander are still arguing. Xander wanting to know just how long it took Cordelia to forget him. Cordelia counters by bringing up (laughs) Impada. But before Xander can say anything else, they hear Willow scream, the vampire upon her. Along with Oz, they rush to save her and Cordelia actually manages to tackle both the vampire and Xander, sending the vampire crashing onto the stake that Xander was holding. The vampire dusted, Cordelia and Xander begin to make out. I
1: love the implication that somebody told Cordelia Mm -hmm. about Ampata. Like I'm imagining and I'm imagining that it's that it's Willow because the two of them, they they had gotten, you know, a little friendlier. And, you know, like... Now, like, Willow's like, let me tell you some gossip about Xander. Oh, yeah. And just, like, you remember, you remember Ampata? <laughs> the
0: exchange student. Yes. Who mysteriously disappeared. Who mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, yeah. She was a mummy. Buffy awakes in a cell. Coming to, she checks the wound on her head before checking on Lily, making sure she's still there. She is, huddled in a corner besides a rotted corpse. She said she always knew her life was headed this way, that she'd end up here. End up where? Hell, Buffy tells her this isn't hell, which is when Ken shows up. Fuck Ken. Isn't it? Because what is hell but the absence of hope? The physical, tactile manifestation of despair. Lily's right. She was always meant to end up here, just like Ricky, who sadly eventually forgot her. It took him a while. He remembered his and na- her name long after he forgot his. Because you see, time moves differently there. A hundred years in their dimension is but a day on earth. So he works them until they're too old and spits them out. That's kind of the plan. Yeah. They'll die of old age before anyone can miss them. Not that anyone will. That's why he chose them. Buffy says he didn't choose her. No, but he knows her. Knows her type. Desperate to escape what she once was. To run away. Disappear. Well, congratulations. She just got her wish. Along with some of the others, Buffy and Lily are taken to the factory floor. A guard tells them that they work. And they live. That's it. They do not laugh. They do not complain. They do nothing except work. This is their life now. They are nothing. No one. That's how that's how that's
1: how it feels to work sometimes.
0: (laughs) Like we don't live in a hell dimension, but that's how life feels sometimes. That's when he begins going down the line, asking each of them who they are. The first kid answers with his name and is beaten. An example made so that each subsequent kid, including Lily, answers no one. But then he gets to Buffy, who answers, Buffy, the vampire slayer, and you are? He goes to beat her, but she catches his club before he can. That gives her a weapon with which to take down the other guards. Once they're all down, she looks at the others, telling anyone who isn't having fun to follow her. (laughs) She sneaks them through the floor, leading them to a stairwell and telling them the plan. When the guards leave, and they will leave... Lily needs to take the others and lead them up the stairs, quickly and quietly. Lily's not entirely sure. She doesn't want to leave Buffy, but Buffy tells her she can do this. She knows she can. Alarms sound and Buffy tells them to go. Lily quickly runs back to tell Buffy sorry, you know, for blaming her, just in case they die and all. (laughs) just like that. Just in case we die. Just in case we die she's off to help the others, and Buffy is leading the guards on a chase through the factory, complete with some awesome and pole danceery type ad- acrobatics. Yeah, yeah, we got some, we got some good stuff going on this time. The chase ends on a platform where Buffy beats the shit out of several guards. First with just her hands, then with a hammer, and then with a hammer and a sickle, which we will <laughs> talk about more at the end. Yes. <laughs> While this is happening, Lily is still helping the others escape, and Ken. Ken is not happy. Humans don't fight back. That's not how this works.
1: I love how I love how disgruntled he is. Like he is so
0: disgruntled.
1: He the, like this actor is so subtle. Like he's so bland. He's so dry. And it's such a change from a lot of the demons that we get that are just it like, oh, I'm scary. I'm scary. Like he's still a big fucking nerd.
0: Yeah, no, he is—he's is just a disgruntled hell worker. He—he's—he's like his factory. He's like I have shit to do, and you are ruining it. Buffy continues to fight the guards as Lily leads the teens down a narrow chamber, which I think contains a conveyor belt with bodies. Again, it's all very reminiscent of the kids escaping the mines yeah, in Temple Yeah, and, of and we, we don't
1: even really know what the factory is supposed to be
0: Yeah, that's struck doing. Me as like, odd, but again, I guess it wasn't really important yeah. Like they, but it wasn't like we're taking them to do. It's literally like kids are just hammering anvil. <laughs> like yeah. There's no that you could see, but again, yeah, not important in the grand scheme of the episode.
1: But it, it's still fun. It's still funny to consider, like, what the fuck is this factory doing besides working yeah. kids into
0: old age?
1: Actually, I think it's. I feel like it's. It is definitely a
0: metaphor. <laughs> oh, I, it's it's one hundred percent a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> However, before Lily can get away, Ken grabs her, dragging her back towards the floor. Seeing no break in the line of guards, Buffy gets them off her enough that she can make a break for it. But as she nears the way out, Ken appears, a knife to Lily's throat. If one fights, they all die. What she did, it was not permitted. Yeah, but it was fun. Letting Lily go, he points the knife at Buffy. She has guts. He thinks he'd like to cut her open and play with them. <laughs> Let everyone know, this is the price of Rebe. He never gets to finish that. He never no as lily pushes him off the platform (laughs) it's exactly what buffy needs and she quickly scurries up to join lily they go to find the others and find them at a large metal gate one blocking the way out knowing they don't have much time buffy works to get the gate open as she lifts it up the others run out she follows but ken who is shockingly not dead attempts to tackle her all he does is push her through and get himself impaled in the legs The kids head for the portal and Buffy picks up his club. Does he want to see her impression of Gandhi? Perplexed, he stares at her as she brings it down, smashing his skull. Lily joins her. (laughs) Gandhi? Well, he was really pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) They join the kids, escaping back into the real world. And once they're through, the portal seals. Guess that takes care of that. Back at Buffy's apartment, soon to be Lily's, Buffy gives Lily the tour. The rent's all paid for the next three weeks, and Mitch at the diner says she can start Thursday. She'll make sure to call and check up on her. Lily says she's not great at taking care of herself, and Buffy promises that it gets easier. She just needs practice. As Lily fingers the name tag of the uniform she has just inherited, she asks Buffy if she can be Anne. Which leads us back home to Sunnydale. And our final scene, Joyce in the kitchen, fiddling with the dishwasher when she hears a knock. She gets up, dish towel in hand, and heads for the door. Opening it, she finds Buffy. Yay! Not a word is spoken, but the two embrace, clinging to one another as we fade to black. Christine was apparently so worried about this scene- She said the subsequent episodes were a lot easier when Joyce gets to, you know, unload all the yeah. anger and the yeah. worry. But but this moment, this moment where you, you see your child for the first time after spending three months yeah. worrying, imagining all the things that could have happened. Mm-hmm. She said she just hoped that she was able to nail it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was it was a very simple like I like that this episode left off on that. That it's just Joyce welcoming her home. And then, you know, from here, then we'll see the fallout from yeah. everything, but just Joyce being so relieved that Buffy's home. And that's
0: the end. Yay! So, as we said, there's there's a lot going on here. Um, both the continuation from last season, Buffy alone, seemingly without hope, and yet still pulling through, saving herself and others. And then, yeah, there is this whole... <laughs> Weird metaphor <laughs> of, like, workers' rebellion and the, like, uniting of the, like, lower classes and, for a and, better goal. It's it's just... It was a very weird... It's kind of like Xander's fish stick thing, like... And,
1: and Buffy... And, and, I mean, Buffy literally standing there with a hammer in one hand and a sickle in the other. Which
0: is going to be our end shot for this entire yes, season.
1: Yeah, it's just...
0: Like it was just it was a very interesting like place to put a stand on like labor, but you know, it works. Yeah. It works.
1: I mean, and and also like you have the whole thing because it's these kids being, you know, being used and there was a lot going on in this episode. And and again, like with this episode, all of the all of the symbolism and everything, like I didn't really catch it. No, you don't when
0: you watch it as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. But But then when you're
1: and and then when like then when Mr. Froggy and I were, were watching it, I'm sitting there like, oh my God, like literally smacking you in the face, her holding a hammer and a sickle. Like
0: It doesn't, like, it doesn't get any more clear than that. No, it does not. Uh, So random, but someone did the math. So if this demon factory has a few dozen workers who die after a single day on Earth, that means they kidnap about 11,000 people a year. (sighs) which would be extremely noticeable to any one population. Yeah. And so an operation like this clearly requires several demon recruiters spread out in several communities and I just I truly love that someone sat down and was like Hol- hold on. Yes, let's hold let's do this. Cuz what I'm
1: thinking what I'm thinking is maybe, you know, you have LA, you know, there's probably portals in different major cities.
0: Right, that all lead back to this one. That all place. lead
1: back to this one place. So, L.A. is a great place for this to be because there is it is such a heavy population. They do have a po- you know a lot of houseless people. They do have a lot of transient people who move around. So it, it is-, is a good city for this kind of operation. So, one yeah. thing like they probably have in other major cities to get people because again, yeah, you would notice a lot of people going missing it's like oh, I love that there are nerds out there who did the math I know I know I mean I'm not gonna do math that's, no, that's I don't do math
0: but I appreciate that mathy people also think way too much about this show yes. like I think way too much about this yes show. yeah
1: I and I appreciate like I appreciate the math people being like hold on let me let me figure this out I need to see like people who do math for fun yeah I applaud you because math so is much. Math is not fun. No. <laughs> oh.
0: So that's it for this week. Our that's first it. week back. We're back. Thank you guys so much for listening. And make sure to join us next time when we take on season three, episode two, Dead Man's Party. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com bye 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 bye